0: Good afternoon. It's good to see so many of you here and I'm happy to see some young people too because the topic that I'm going to be sharing is especially geared for young people and it's on relationships, boy-girl relationships. You know, as a Christian young person um, looking for a happy, successful life, I have observed the things that go on in, in and outside of the church in relationships and I've been bitterly disappointed by what I have seen. You can't You can't follow what other people are doing, can we? I mean, I've seen so many young people who had good hearts and good intents, and they got mixed up with the wrong person, and they lost their way, and they lost their love of life. I don't want this to happen to me. I mean, there's got to be a better way. And so I've taken some time to study God's Word and find principles that secure a happy, safe, secure relationship. And so I'd like to share some of those things with you. You know, unless we take time to behold the things of the Lord, we will be just swept down with the way our culture is heading. The media is constantly bombarding us with its ideas, and the anything you read basically is encouraging. Just do what you feel like in the moment, and if you don't like it, get out of it. And I've seen so many young people with broken hearts, some irrecoverable because they don't know how to find Jesus. And there's a better way. And I just want to share that with you, what God's been sharing with me and, and the joy that I have found in this, that we can have success in our, in our relationships. and We don't have to have a, go through a bunch of brokenhearted experiences to find our companion for life. So the first text I want to share with you is found in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. It says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, And I looked up the word remember in Webster's Dictionary, and it says to bear in mind with reverence or to obey. So taking that definition and plugging it into this verse, we are to reverence and obey our Creator in the days of our youth. And I thought, you know, I wonder why Solomon was so specific. Why didn't he say, you know, everybody who professes to be a Christian, you better be obeying the Lord. There's a very specific reason that he put in the days of your youth. And that's because... As a young person, we are making decisions that will be life-changing. The decisions we make now in our youth will affect us for the rest of our life and most likely will affect our destiny. And so it is essential that while we are young, we find Jesus Christ for our own personal Savior, that he is Lord of our life. We can't hang on to the shirt tail of our parents' religion, and that's going to get us to heaven. We have to have our own personal relationship with Jesus. And then he will be our guide and our helper through the path of life. He will lead us personally. So, in the area of relationships, what does it practically mean to remember our creator? I think Solomon used a good word when he said, remember your creator. That's reminding us of the position we have before God. He created us. And he wants to in, in, ensure our, happy, our happiness, doesn't he, and our success. And... If he's created us, do you think that he's also created someone for you to marry? Do you think that that could be a possibility? If he knows that marriage is going to make you happier, is he going to create somebody for you? Absolutely. It's a pretty exciting thought, isn't it? And a lot of us young people um, jump ahead of God and think that we have to try to figure everything out and get all our little ducks lined up for things to go Right? What we have to do is wait on God, and then he will make everything go right in its perfect timing. We have a work of preparation to get ourselves ready to meet that person. He's working on the other person, getting them ready, so that when we meet, we're going to know that this is the person that God made for me. And there's different ways to come to that knowledge of who, who God has for us, but it's really important that we're sure that he is the one that's leading us in a relationship. You know... For me, it's been acknowledging that God does have a plan for my life. And then, more than acknowledging, trusting that he will reveal that plan to me in his timing. And then, presently, doing what he's asking me to do now so that I'm in the right place at the right time. Does that make sense? You know, we say, oh, surrender your life to Jesus. In practical terms, we need to surrender this area of our life to him. We need to really trust that he can Bring us the right person in his timing. And you know, I've often thought of what a horror it would be if we were in such a hurry to get married that we ended up with B, C, or D when he had plan A for us. Now God can deal with plan B, C, and all the way to Z, can't he? He can re—he can make everything work out, fine. But don't we want A when God's already got A out there? I do. And we shouldn't be settling for less than God's best. So, it's pretty exciting to be in God's program. And you know, I have experienced and I have seen that unless you first have a love for God, you can't experience real love in in anything else. Real love comes from an in-love relationship with Jesus. If we are in love with Him, we will have that love that can love somebody no matter what. It just will be within us. And I've met a lot of girls, especially, who think, because they're not very happy, they're discontented, that all they need is for a handsome man to sweep them off their feet, and then everything's going to be great. Oh, I'll be happy then, I'll be free, and I'll be so content because that's the missing link in my life. Well, I want to share with you that contentment and happiness is not found in a man, except the man, Christ Jesus. Now... It is true, for all the men's sake here, that it can add a great dimension to your life, right? And it can be that fulfillment, the ultimate fulfillment. But unless, as girls, we first find our place in our own personal Christian experience, and our happiness and contentment first in God, we will never find it in a marriage relationship. We will be bitterly disappointed. Because the man is not the answer for everything. He's a piece of it. But God is the answer to everything. And if we have that, we can go through whatever experiences we have to meet in a marriage relationship and be successful. So I want to share an experience with you of one of my friends. He came to my dad. He was a young man, early 20s, maybe mid-20s, actually. And he said, you know, I know that God really cares about, you know, the big picture and, you know, he wants us to be successful as Christians, but I'm really struggling with whether God really cares about who I marry and if he even has a plan about this. My dad's, oh, absolutely. Calvin, how can you doubt God on that? And he's like, well, I mean, I'm in my mid-20s and nothing's really just jumped out at me yet. My dad's, don't worry, you know, you're still young and God has a plan for you. Can you trust him with it? And sometimes God needs to bring us through these experiences just to show us who he is and that we really can trust and depend on him. So Calvin said, well, you know, I guess I say I I trust God and I'm a Christian, so I should be able to give him this area of my life too. And he made a commitment that he was just going to focus on his attention, on what God is calling him to do presently. Don't keep looking out futuristically. Do what he's asking to do now. And so he finished his education. He got a good job. He got a home. He got his priorities straight, didn't he? And then, because of his love for the Lord, he attended many you know, all the church functions and prayer meeting, and he went to seminars and stuff, and just because he loved the Lord, not because he was out fishing for some girl. But during this time, he noticed a young lady who was often coming to the same things he was, and he really liked, he was attracted to her, but he he really liked what he saw in her character. And, you know, like during prayer meeting, he would listen to the kind of prayers she prayed, and, and he really liked what he saw in her heart. So he went home. When he went back to visit his parents, and he said, you know, I've met a really nice girl. Her name's Kara, and I've just been observing her over the last few weeks or months, and I don't know, I think it's about time to see if there's some interest there. So now the parents are all eyes and ears, you know, next time they go to where he's going to church or whatever, and they start looking at this girl kind of from the background, they were really happy with her too. Well, in the meantime, unbeknownst to Calvin, Kara's talking to her parents, and she says you will not believe the guy that I've met at these meetings. I mean, he's he's got a real strong relationship with the Lord and you know that's what I've been looking for in a man and he's he's got his education finished and he's got a he's got a home and he's he's got a good job and he's just on fire for God and I really like that. And so her parents started watching Calvin and they really liked him and all of a sudden it was just too obvious. That, you know, they were realizing that they were being attracted to each other and so they started spending more time together. And they found out that truly God had led them together, and it was his perfect timing. And they could not have found a better match. I I knew Calvin, and he's a really great guy. He needed a special kind of person for his personality, and she probably did for his. And so, you know, it was so beautiful to see the way God worked. And when my dad came back... um, into the area, Calvin goes to my dad, he's like, you won't believe what God's done, and my dad got a big smile on his face, oh yes, I will, and he says, look, this is the woman of my dreams, and my dad was so excited, he said, truly, God has done great things, because you've given this area to God, you've given this area of your life to him, to let him control it, and now he's worked out the most beautiful thing, you couldn't have orchestrated this on your own, you know, not only did they have the goals spiritually that were the same, which is very vitally important, but they also had the same interests in, in uh, love for certain things outdoors, and they had just, you know, activities that they both enjoyed doing because life is not just made up of just spiritual things, but also of everyday life situations, and you need to be in unity on those things as well. And so it was very beautiful to see the way the Lord led them together. They are now a very happily married couple working for the Lord and enjoying life together. that was a real encouragement to me. You know, we can find a mate, but it takes a God to find a match. And God created Calvin, and God created Kara, and he brought them together as a perfect couple in unity under him. And that's what he wants to do for each of us young people here too. He just needs us to give him this area of our life. Quit stressing over it, fretting over it, and getting ourselves into messes because we're so anxious to make something happen let go of the reins take hold of God's hand and he's going to lead you and guide you right to the place that you need to be at the right time i would like to share a few principles that i found in, in the bible that have encouraged me in just safe boundaries you know the, the scriptures are there not as um commands to try to keep us in line they're given as boundaries and parameters of love for our safety our security to ensure us a life of success Not just on this world, but to be ready to inherit the heavenly. And if we will be willing to bring our lives into conformance with those principles, we will find the joy and freedom of living within the law of God. Principle number one is found in Proverbs 4.23. And actually, they're not in any particular order. One's not more important than another. But I'm just going to share three very briefly with you. Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What does it mean to keep your heart? Guard it, Guard it. that's good. So that means you have to keep your thoughts, right? This is something, we've got to get really practical with this, okay? As young people, entering the age when you're ready to get married or you think you are, you start noticing the opposite sex, right? You start watching them, you start paying attention to them. You notice things you like and you dislike about people. Now, guys, what if a girl brings you a glass of water? You say thank you, you, say thank you. exactly. But then where do your thoughts go? Oh, maybe she's trying to give me a hint that she likes me. Look, she just paid me special attention. You know, you, you didn't see that she gave water to everybody else in the room. I mean, but you get, notice that she gave you water first. Okay, what does it mean to keep your heart? Don't let your thoughts wander off. You know, um, this is particularly important for girls, I think. We're a lot more emotionally um, made, I think, for a good reason. But we have to guard against this, you know. Maybe the guy holds the door open for us. Well, I know that's getting fairly uncommon in our society, and so maybe it is something that will strike us with extra significance. But you know, I think part of the reason guys don't open the door for girls anymore is because they're tired of being, uh, you know, girls making a marriage out of the deal. You know, because basically girls are 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 really stepping outside of God's role for them, for the most part. Many girls are not acting like women anymore, and it, and that men are not respecting that. And so, you know, when a guy finally does open the door for a girl, it can make a pretty big impression on a girl's mind. But, as we call on the guys to keep their thoughts, we also need to keep our thoughts and not say, well, he must kind of like me because he even waited there. And then he stood there and he let me go by and he smiled at me when I went by. I mean, and you might say this is really insignificant. Why are you even talking about this? But just translate it into your your own experience. What is it that you deal with? Where is it that your thoughts go in certain situations are you castle building after you have an interaction with a guy or are you able just to take it for what it is face value so we should keep our heart with all diligence keeping our thoughts and you know this is one way to help us from experiencing heartbreaks because a lot of heartbreaks that young people experience is because one person who is enjoying the company of another person has higher expectations on what that's going to lead to whether there's any commitment or not and so a lot of girls especially get hurt when the guy just goes off on a date with somebody else and he's like well I didn't mean anything by what I did before I just wanted to have some time with you but the girl thought that he was wanting to have time because he was interested in marrying her and now he's just out running around with all these other girls and left her in the dust what does it mean to keep your heart If I keep my heart, if the guy walks out of my life, will it be broken? How can he break my heart if I keep my heart? But if I let my feelings and emotions go to him, I have basically given him my heart, right? And so when he walks away to go see another girl, and he just forgets about me, my heart's on the floor, and he's gone. And now I have broken pieces to pick up. God did never design us to go through that. He wants us to follow the words of the wise man and keep our heart with all diligence so we don't have to experience that. He wants us to have normal, great interactions with, you know, girls and guys in a wholesome, healthy way that encourages the good things and leaves out the emotional attachments until it's the right time. Now, something else that I found in messages to young people. Is that an inspired book? It is a very inspired book, Messages to Young People, page 452, kind of gives us a guideline in age. It says a youth not out of his teens is a poor judge of the fitness of a person as young as himself to be his companion for life. I know a lot of teenagers who think they know everything, and it's not until they're um, in their mid 20s, sometimes, or even then, that they realize that they actually didn't know everything, and they wish they had listened to their mom and dad a little bit more, because now they're in a mess that's a very big one. And we don't really need to go down that track. You know, these these counsels that have been given to us are just to help us. It's not to, uh, you know withhold any happiness from us. It's because when we're teenagers, we have a lot to learn and we will change our personalities will change our likes our dislikes will change quite a bit because our brain is still forming and our our goals and aspirations for life Haven't been solidified fully yet And so I have met young people that have thought that they just were the most in love that they could have ever imagined they get married because they just can't wait And after it's all over, a couple years down the track, they can't stand each other anymore because they both changed so much by the time they hit 21, 23, 25. wasn't the same person they married. Well, it's because they weren't finished developing yet and they hadn't become the whole person that they were going to be. So just hold on. If this is God's person for you, then they're still going to be there when you're at an age to be responsible the other problem with teenagers is that if you get so emotionally tied up and caught up with each other that you can't wait you may not be prepared for married life financially spiritually able to you know have a christian family you may not be ready and prepared to take that step yet so wait until dating relationships should wait until you're ready to step into marriage basically or don't get so serious that you're so locked that you can't wait until you're ready Okay, I think it's really important to just be friends first. Just be friends because you get to know someone so much better when you're just their friend than when you're their girlfriend or their boyfriend. When you're their girlfriend or their boyfriend, the expectations can change and all of a sudden the best of each person comes out for that dating experience, right? Just, they can hold it out there for a short period of time, but get to know them when they're just normal, when they're just with everybody else, when you're with the youth group, or have them, invite them over to your house, get to know their family, spend time in normal interactions, not just um, in the dating scene only, because you really don't get to know the real person, except when you're in real life situations. So I have been very blessed in, in choosing this way for myself, to be friends first and you know I've had quite a few guys that have wanted a relationship and I don't have peace in my heart about it and I need to be upfront about that right I mean I have in this process of trying to keep my heart I've made a commitment to do my best not to break hearts too and I think that sometimes the girl's desire for having someone special in her life even if she doesn't really think he's necessarily the right person there's a temptation to well you know I just want somebody in my life, and it's not cool or popular not to have somebody. You know, everybody asks, what? You don't have a boyfriend? What's wrong with you? Well, nothing's wrong with me, you know? I mean, just those kind of societal pressures that get put on you that are not of God at all are laid, even on Christian young people, for not having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And so sometimes... That pushes the pressure enough that a girl will accept a guy in her life, and then when the right guy comes walking along, she drops the other guy and says, Sorry, I never intended all along. I just wanted somebody special in my life until Mr. Right came along, and now he's here. See you later. I do not want to do that to a guy. And if, if it lies within my power, and God is putting it on my heart, that this is really not his man for me, I already have been friends with him, I can see that, you know, we just don't have a lot in common and we're just not head of the same, then why dally in a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship um, when you already know that? It's unfair and it's very hurtful. So while you're protecting and keeping your heart, guard the heart of your friends, too. Guard the heart of the guy that's knocking on your door. And, And even though it's hard sometimes, you know, I... I'm a person that loves to please people I found that God needs to strengthen my character in this area And he's used the area of relationships to do that, you know And so even though it's a little bit challenging sometimes to say well, you know I appreciate the offer that you've given me and I really value as a friend, but I just want to keep it that way You know, I'm just not interested in pursuing a relationship with you. Yeah, that might be hard to say but in reality that's one little thing before their hearts are all lit up with yours and then it's over and then you can still be friends i have so many friends that are guys and i just have gotten to know a lot about what i like and guys and what i don't just by being friends with all these other people and wholesome healthy relationships and i haven't burned a bridge for for life basically i have them as friends still because i didn't break their hearts by stringing them along and then saying oh sorry i just didn't have the guts to tell you no when you first came along you know but now that I'm desperate and the right guy's here, I mean, I've got to say something or I'll make my, my man upset at me, you know? Don't get yourself into that mess. Keep out of it. And if we have remember our Creator in these experiences, then we will be prepared when that person comes along to know who's the right one. And, you know, he'll help us to say no gracefully if it's not the right one. Okay. There's some groups that are into dating all the time, okay? One girl this week, somebody else next week, whatever. A few months with this person, then they're off with somebody else. And I don't think that's healthy. It's setting you up for divorce, basically. You know, you go with someone for so long and the boat gets rocked and you you just don't work out the differences between you and you can't stand them anymore, And so easy out. It's done. It's over. That's one group. Then what happens when you're married? And you run into differences and things you gotta work out. Well, you don't know how to deal with it because you've just always copped out in all the other experiences of life. And so hence we have, even in our church, the same rate of divorce as the world. Which is very sad because we are, marriage is a very sacred relationship. And it's a type of illustration of what it's like between Christ and his people. So as Christians, we should be making that the most beautiful representation. Of the relationship we can have with the Lord. So we do God a disfavor. We give him shame. By not making wise choices in this. But there's that pit of constantly dating. And dropping each other. And and then there's another side. Another ditch. Where as soon as you start getting interested. In evaluating someone. It's almost like a marriage license. And contract has been drawn up. And you can't get out of it. And that's wrong too. There's two ditches on every road. Right? Right? There's the really, really liberal, and there's the really, really conservative, and God is calling us to walk the straight and narrow and not get on on either ditch. And so it's very important that when evaluating someone, that you think, you know, you might be able to um, have a nice relationship with, that you carefully guard your heart, that you don't give it to that person during that time, and that you just spend time just as friends without attaching expectations on each other, And that when you start getting red flags, that you just gracefully back out of that more deeper friendship and don't go forward with it anymore. You haven't signed the marriage contract. You haven't signed the license yet. Pull out of it if you have red flags. It's it's not wrong. Even if it does emotionally hurt someone in in that instance. So don't just narrow your focus down to one person because you're not interested in doing the typical dating scene that everyone's doing around you. You know, something else that's very important is to know what your parents think about that person. And that kind of brings me to um, the second principle found in Exodus 20. You probably know what I'm going to say now, huh? Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. We need to know what our parents think about The person we're interested in they need to be an active part in our relationship they need to know what's going on what we think of people what we like about them because they've already been through it before and they'll have a lot of wisdom and a lot they have a lot more years on them and they can see right through things that we might be a little bit blind in because we're we think we're so in love and somebody that's so in love often has what's called rosy tinted glasses on and that may actually blind you from some very blatant things. But if that person is around the association and associating with your parents also and your parents know the person, then they'll probably be able to pick it out pretty quick. So it's very important that we listen to what our parents have to say and that we honor what they request. Now, what if they don't agree with it and they don't put their blessing on it? As a Christian young person, what should you do? What does the Bible say? To honor our parents, right? To honor their request. And if it is God's person for you, do you think God can work on your parents' hearts? Do you have to break a principle in the Bible in order to do God's will? Absolutely not. So if it is God's will, he will work it out in his timing and if you have to wait a little bit, so be it. You probably need a little more development inside of your heart anyway, and that person might need to mature a little more too. Maybe that's the reason that your parents have some concerns. Just give it some time, let it go, and that'll be the best evidence for your parents that you are more prepared and mature to enter into a relationship. If you can simply back off and say, you know, I will respect what you say. I don't see it all right now, but I know that I need to respect your wishes and that from the heart. And when you do that, God can do whatever he wants. And maybe your eyes will be opened and you'll say, Wow, I'm so glad that I never married that person. Or you'll be able to be brought back into their path again and your parents will put their blessing on it and you'll have a beautiful relationship. It's a win-win situation. I want to share something just practically with you. You know, I think sometimes we get caught in relationships that are less than ideal because maybe we fall in love with the way they look, and we, we don't want to think that um, this is a problem for us, but we might be attracted by looks or by their abilities or their job. Oh, he's a doctor, he'll, be, he'll bring in a good, a good living, he has a good status in life. So all of a sudden, you're a little more attentive to them, whereas if that same person with their same personality, was this, was just the janitor at the school, you wouldn't even, even look at them. So why are you being attracted to somebody? Is it by their looks? Is it because of the position they have in life? Or is it because the heart that they have? You know, a, a person can lose their job, they can lose their position, they can lose their looks, but the heart and the character remain the same. And so if you're loving that person because what's on the inside, then you're loving them for the right reason and you're being drawn for the right reason but it's really important that we evaluate what's attracting me to this person? What is it about them? And yes, it's true that if you're going to marry someone you need to be naturally attracted to them. That needs to be there but that's not the most important thing. The character is what's the most important. And you know there's a really good definition I read about what character is, a little saying. It says, character is what you are when no one is looking and when no one is gonna know what you did is that your character that is your character okay so it's really important to evaluate what's drawing us to them and just as a little practical tip for things you can do um, before you meet somebody write down a list of things that are important to you that way you you have something that you can go back to don't write the list when the guys walked into your life or when a girls walked into your life because you might be writing the list to match the person you want the person to match your list And a list shouldn't just be, you know, I want him to have this much money, I want him to drive this kind of car. Those are just so not important, okay? That's really just wants. And I have two lists. I have a list that's called needs at the top. And then I have another list that's wants. The wants, yeah, if he has it, great. If he doesn't, it's not gonna stop me from marrying that person. But needs are something that are unchangeable. That means that if if I find somebody that I think I'm falling in love with, if I go back to that list and those needs aren't there, then I need to ask myself why I'm moving forward, if those are really needs. And, you know, I think that's a safeguard for us. So I'm just going to share with you some ideas, girls, for your list, okay? Now, by the way, girls, you are not to be the pursuer, are you? So what if you see a guy that you really, really like? Do you trust God? Do you want God to show you whether it's his will or not? then you can wait on God, right? Girls have a lot to learn in that in this generation. I feel bad for what guys have to go through living in this century. I really do. (laughs) And as I've seen what my brother's gone through, I'm like, where are girls' boundaries? I mean, don't they see what they're doing? The guy is to be the pursuer. The guy is to be the one that's out there looking for you. And if you're where God wants you to be, he's going to find you. So you just need to let it go and really trust him. Okay, so we got that cleared up? Something very important for me is that my guy will be a strong Christian of my same faith. Is that important to you? Now you may think that You would never ever question that and that doesn't have to go on a list. But you know what? I've seen young people that have been drawn in by other things and their religious beliefs have sunk into insignificance because they were so in love. So you may think that's not important, but if it's important to you, put it on your list and don't let it move. It's very important for you to be in harmony in your spiritual desires. That's the foundation of what everything else is built off of, and if you don't have unity there, you can very well count on the fact that you will not have a harmonious marriage. Okay, Um, do you think you should have a steady job? Or do you want to be the income provider for your family? Part of what makes it tough on guys is that girls want to wear the pants all the time and be the ones making the money. They don't want to be at home doing things. and So guys are going home, and they're doing the dishes and taking care of the children because the woman won't settle down and be a mother. She just wants to be a professional. If you are marrying someone and you have children, God's highest calling for you is to make sure the needs of your family are met first. So if you want to pursue a career, and you want to have, you know, that kind of satisfaction in life, then do it before you get married. And, you know, if it's just you and your husband, maybe you can continue your job while you're both together, and then when you have children, then you'll be ready. You've got that out of your blood, and you can settle down and be a mother and a happy homemaker. To should be a happy homemaker no matter what, you know, before the children. But anyway, okay, I figured you knew that. Okay, he needs to have leadership skills especially in spiritual things. Do you agree? Do you want him to be the priest of your family? Do you want him to be encouraging you spiritually, helping you, supporting you in your commitments to Christ? Absolutely. That's something very important. Also, he should be full of integrity and unbending for principle. If you are sure of something in God's Word, you don't want it to be dependent on whether... You're with the group that does it, and then you uphold those, and when you're in the world, everything goes. You want your man to be strong to the things that he believes, right? And, you know, if you want to know if someone really has integrity in their heart and is honest, one of the ways you can figure that out is, what are they telling you in your dating relationship? Are they telling you to hide anything from your parents? One young man asked me, do you have to tell your parents everything? I tell you, for the first time, I felt like I was standing below the tree of knowledge and good and evil. I was just like, oh my, you know, it sounds like a very, it's just a question, right? But there was something much deeper implied. Do you have to tell your parents everything? What was he trying to say? I mean, of course I don't have to tell them everything. Why are you making it so negative? You know, what was he leading me on to in that? I told him I have to be free to tell my parents anything and everything. Now, it doesn't mean that they hear every single little thing I said to this client. and every, They're not looking for that. But if someone's trying to hide something from my parents, it's for a reason. And I am not going to sign a contract with someone to being quiet and not saying it. I need to be free that if it's in my heart to share it with my parents, I have to be able to do that. So if someone's behind, you know, saying that they love you and they care about you, do you have to tell your parents everything? He's not... An honest man if you marry him you do not know what you will not be able to trust him in his area of integrity and you may be flattered by the fact that he wants to confide in you but when you're married you will resent it because he will not just want to confide in you anymore he'll want to hide thing other things from you because that's an area of his character that hasn't been dealt with so figuring out whether someone's really honest and dependable at the heart level watch the way they relate to your parents And they relate to you and listen to the kind of things that they're saying. Very, very important. And, you know, something else that I think is good is for, you know, a guy to have these strengths but yet to be humble and teachable. Is that important to you? I have seen some guys that basically they do no wrong and they can't do any wrong and everyone else around them is wrong but they're never wrong. They know everything And that would be fairly hard in a relationship, wouldn't it? I read a saying once that said, no man knows less than the man who knows it all. Because when you know everything, you don't have to listen to anybody anymore and you're never going to learn anything else because you know everything. And so it's important that there's that humble, teachable spirit too. So I've given you some ideas and now I'm going to give the boys some ideas for their list, okay? And the same thing goes for girls. If a girl's having that know-it-all attitude too she's most likely not going to be very submissive and very teachable under your guidance is she so is that important to you that she have a teachable spirit and she be workable definitely is it important to you that she should have her own christian experience and be of your same faith very good she needs to have her own walk with god too doesn't she not just hanging on you for everything She needs to be a happy homemaker. And notice I didn't just say a homemaker, but a happy homemaker. Because she's the one that's going to set the tone for the home, isn't she? Because she's gonna be the one there most of the time. And I tell you what, I read a saying once that said, if mother's not happy, nobody's happy. And so one way you're gonna figure out if she's a happy homemaker is to observe her in her family setting now. And this is what I'm trying to say is so important. There's a lot of people that get along great when they're out on a date. But you need to bring them home and have time within your family. Spend time in their family. Have them spend time in your family and really see what they're like in home. Is she so caught up in you all the time that her mother makes all the meals, her mother does all the house cleaning, or is she a very big part of all of that? Watch that. That'll give you a pretty good index to where her heart is on those kind of things. And... You'll be able to see for yourself if she would be efficient in running every aspect of the home, if she would have a good attitude about it, even if it was cleaning the bathroom. And also, is it important that she know how to cook? Wholesome, good food, right? Very good, okay. Now is it important that she keep the house up neat and tidy? One way to figure it out is just take a look at her room when she wasn't expecting you to come over. A room, Her room will pretty well indicate how your house will look. And what she's used to living in in her home is probably going to translate into your home as well. Find out who's keeping everything so nice. Is it her or is it her mother? Has she learned those things yet? Those are very important questions to ask. You know, a disorderly house that is not clean is a very unhappy environment to be in. It doesn't engender love and it doesn't show that much respect for the husband when he comes home from work. it would be so nice to have the house clean smelling nice looking nice and it would be more of an environment for good communication don't you think yes definitely and you know it doesn't have to take all day to clean the house if you keep it up day by day there's a lot better and more things to do in life than just clean house so she should learn how to be efficient with those things so her whole day isn't tied up in that okay What are her skills in working with children? Is that important to you? How are you going to figure that one out? Because hopefully she doesn't have a child of her own already. Okay, watch how she teach, how she treats her siblings. Does she have love and respect for them? Does she reach out to them and spend time with them, or are they just too little and she's on in her own world? How does she treat the children at church? Does she draw them to herself? Does she? take any time for them or is she just with the teens and the 20 year olds in the youth group and doing everything there now it's it's fine to be a part of youth groups and all that other stuff but uh, to figure out whether a girl loves children or not whether she can help take care of children and have that aptitude you just need to find out in real life situations how she treats them in a church family and within her own family is it also important to you that she have a trait or skill that she can support herself by You know, this may seem like, well, why would that be important if I'm bringing in the income? But there are some girls that just sit around waiting for a guy to come sweep them off their feet, the knight in shining armor, and forevermore be happy and blissful. But is she being industrious with her time now? You know, getting herself educated and then using those skills to forward the cause of God or to help others around her. It's very important that a girl have something that she can fall back on. Well, what if God doesn't want you getting married right away? I'm, I'm 24 and I'm not married, but I have my own business because God has led me in these steps and I have something that I can count on and income with. And I don't feel that insecurity because I know that God can take care of me through the means that he's helped me to establish And, you know, if my husband ends up hurting himself or, you know, breaking his back and he's laid off work, I can support the family because I have a trade that I can do that with. If he gets sick, if something should happen and he dies, I mean, will my children still have food to eat? Yes. If I have already... Um, have some trade that I have established beforehand, I can go back to that. And I don't have the worry and stress of, oh, what am I going to do now? It's really important for girls to take time, not just waiting around for some guy to sweep you off your feet, but do pursue what God's calling you to as far as education and finding some way, some means of something you like to do that can provide an income. Should she be able to save and manage money? That is an important thing for some guy to have on their list. And the way you can figure that out is to watch how she spends her money now. And maybe that's kind of hard to figure out, but maybe it would be good to talk about that. You know, how do you value money? Is her parents providing all of the money that she spends or does she know the value of a dollar? Does she go shopping with her mother? Has her mother taught her how to not just buy what looks good, but buy what's on sale? And when something's on sale that the family eats a lot of, get a lot of it so that when it's not on sale you have plenty until it goes on sale again. I mean, little things like that, you may say seem insignificant, but if you save a penny here and a dollar there, by the end of the year you've saved a hundred or a thousand dollars. And I'm not joking about that. You save an incredible amount of money when you watch the pennies and the little things. And especially when you're starting out in a new home and a new life, you want someone who knows how to manage money and who can live on a budget if that's necessary. I have, just for the challenge of it, given myself a budget to see if I could live on one. It was a great experience. I had so much fun. I was like, I've got to see if I can do this. And so I thought, okay, how much do I think would be a realistic amount to spend for clothes in a year, for shoes, for personal things, um, on music? And i made a bunch of different categories and I put a dollar figure there. And for the whole year, I lived within that. It was a great experience, and I feel secure about living on a budget now, and I saved a lot of money. (laughs) And it's very important to save, because someday you may need to fall back on that. Okay, is it important that she be industrious? And last but not least, virtuous. What is her character? Is she just a flirt? Is she just riding on her looks? Or is she really... Seeking God with her heart and working on the inward adorning, the beauty of the heart. So make a list for yourself and see how you do when God brings that person into your life. You can go back, check them up with the list and see how how they compare. <clears throat> Principle number three. It's found in Isaiah 48, verse 11. Actually, it's Isaiah 58, verse 11. I just noticed that I have the wrong chapter on that. <laughs> Isaiah 58:11 says, "And the Lord shall guide thee continually." And you know what I'm coming to understand more of is that God's promises are there for today's fulfillment. They weren't just written for people in, in the ancient times. they are for us to claim as our own, to live by and to gain victory by. And you know, for this area of my life, in relationships, I know that the Lord will guide me to my man in his time because he has promised that he will guide me continually. And if I am following in the path that he's leading me on right now, everything is going to work out in his perfect timing. And I believe it 100%. You know, I've had young people... Allison, I mean, how can you be happy when your friends are all getting married, and I mean, and you don't even have a boyfriend right now? Well, not that I don't have the opportunity, but you know, I'm not—I'm choosing not to right now because the Lord hasn't brought my man into my life right now, and so I have found the contentment that comes in. Resting in the hands of my Heavenly Father and developing that relationship. It is a beautiful world relationship, too. And I can talk to God about this area of my life like a friend. I can tell him what my desires are, what my needs are, and leave it at his feet. Because I know he's working everything out. And I have chosen to use this time to become the best person that I can become so that I can fulfill whatever God calls me to fulfill in his timing. It's an exciting thought. I'm not just waiting around listlessly, just loofing, just, well, whenever God's going to bring this person. I am actively engaging in the work that God is calling me to right now so that I will be prepared to step into those shoes and move forward side by side with my husband. And you know what's so exciting? Is that there is no worry in my heart. It's not like I'm 24 and I don't even have a potential. You know? That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I have no stress. I'm free. And I feel so bad for young people who are just moping around because they don't have someone to go out with tonight, you know? Big deal. Turn your attention to the Lord and find what it means to have joy, to have peace, to have freedom, and to find success in your life as an individual before God. It's wonderful. You don't have to be under those societal pressures. I'm free. And there's nothing better than being free. And, you know, I have had so much joy and anticipation because while it's not popular to be in my position, and it's sometimes, you know, I've said, Lord, you know, if I just had a boyfriend, in this instant I would easily get out of these other situations. You know, if this another guy came along i say, well, you know, I've got another boyfriend, you know, or I have a boyfriend, it would be so easy to skirt out of these other things. And that has been something that I've had to work with in my heart because I, like I said, I'm a tend to be a people pleaser and i don't want to hurt anybody i thought well if i just had a boyfriend it would be really easy for these other guys to accept the fact that i'm not going out with them so some of these guys will say well do you have a boyfriend no and then it's like "Well, oh, i want to be your boyfriend you know and it's like oh now i have to say something you know but i realize this is what i need for my character development i'm not experiencing one one thing in life that is not supposed to be bettering me improving my character. And I'm determined by God's grace to go through this and allow Him to use these opportunities to strengthen me because it needs to happen. And I need to be on the program now and not be repining myself that I'm in this situation. It's the best position to be in, to know that God is working with your particular weaknesses to strengthen them so you can be who He's calling you to be fully. And you know, as I've um, thought about The position I'm in right now, and sometimes, you know, I don't know when God's going to bring that person into my life. I have so much joy in the anticipation of being able to tell my man at the marriage altar, Honey, I have kept my heart for you. I have not been just flirting and going off with this guy and the other while I've been waiting. Because... I turn my attention to my Heavenly Father and working on my love relationship with him. He's helped me to protect everything about me in purity for you. Can you imagine what that will be like? Don't you want that to be your experience? To be able to come to the marriage altar and be spared from all of the things that our, our world says have to be there? And say, no, it doesn't have to be. I can remain pure in an unpure world. I can remain faithful in an unfaithful world. I can remain steadfast in a faltering society. And I can give my husband my whole heart because I haven't been splitting it off and sharing it with all these other guys along the way. This is how you build a strong marriage before you're married. You keep your heart faithful to the Lord now. And as you are faithful to him, he will strengthen you in every situation that you encounter, and you will be able to be intact when God brings that person into your life. And you know, maybe you've fallen under temptation, and you've lost what you wish now that you had. It's not too late. Let God have you now. Let him keep your heart now, and you won't have more bitter experiences to pass on to your husband and children. Do you believe God wants to guide you? Do you believe he has created that person for you? Then claim the promises that are in his word. He says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's Psalm 37, verse 4. That's one of my favorite verses. And as I've been finding the delight of living for the Lord, I have not a shadow of a doubt that he will give me all the desires of my heart. Because that's the kind of God I serve. He only wants the best for me. He only wants me to be happy. That's the God you serve, too and he has a special plan for your life so don't miss it by trying to make yourself happy give yourself to the lord and you will find that happiness he will give you the desires of your heart because he desires nothing more than your best and your happiness to be complete so success is guaranteed by following god's plan If the Lord is leading and his word is guiding and confirming you, your parents are supporting you, and you have that natural attraction, success is guaranteed. Guaranteed success with God's best, so don't settle for less. Is that something you can remember? There's guaranteed success with God's best, so don't settle for something less. Will you trust God with your love life? Will you really give it to him? When you do, you will be free, and then God can work in you. We're tying God's hands when we don't trust him. We're tying his hands when we run around trying to figure and make our life the way we want it. We need to let it go and let him take charge, and he will be able then to lead us safely through all of the different circumstances that we encounter. He will make everything truly beautiful in his time. I want us to just close with prayer and commit, young people, this area of your life to the Lord. Will you kneel with me? Father in heaven, I want to thank you for the privilege of calling you our Father, knowing that you care about us even more than our earthly parents, although that is hard to imagine. Thank you so much for taking a personal interest in each one of our lives, and Lord, as young people especially, when we when we don't see the whole picture right now, I pray that you will teach us to trust, that you will teach us to wait on you, to find our joy and contentment in you first, knowing that you do desire our best and that you will work out your will in us and will make everything truly beautiful in your time. In the meantime, Lord, may we work for the improving of our own characters and for preparation for your heavenly kingdom. Thank you for your promises and your word, and we pray that you will soon return to take us home with you. In Jesus' name, amen.